have my Bible there. No, it's on the front. I got two to take out today. Don't make me take them out. Let's see if they work. I'll see if they work this way. If I, I am not loud enough, hold your hand back up there, darling. Don't have to fool with batteries anymore. Hallelujah. <laughs> and uh, if if y'all get too loud, I can turn you down. <laughs> this one over here has got a button on it I can push, and, and it turns the volume down, and it, it makes a little beep in my ear when it starts to go down. <laughs> and this one over here on this side turns y'all up. <laughs> Somebody knows how that is. Hey, comes in handy at home, doesn't it? You, you, that's, you use the left. Use the left one a lot. Oh, okay. Is that before or after the skillet comes through the air? Wait till I see Joe Garner again. <laughs> and I'll have to admit, I probably have had more fun with the men and women in Arkansas than I ever did in Mississippi. There's sweeter people on this side of the river, right? <laughs> well, you can move. <laughs> <laughs> trying to, trying to get, uh, trying to get a Baptist to move. <laughs> it's harder in more ways than one. Turn to Romans 15. Romans chapter 15. We're gonna finish Romans one of these days. We've got chapter 16, and that'll be the end. And we might, might get to that next week. Lord willing. <laughs> Trisha gets fun looking for my, has fun looking for my stuff sometimes. Don't you? Can't hear me? <laughs> she got this thing. Now, can you hear me? See, my problem is I can't hear myself. Can you hear me, Chuck? Chuck. Steve. I call him Chuck all the time. You ought to be used to it by now. I just anything Don't come If y'all hear something squealing up, it may be these things. I don't know how they'll act laying down there. Okay. Romans chapter 15. Paul said. Now we who are strong have an obligation to bear the weaknesses of those without strength 
and not to please ourselves. Each one of us must please his neighbor for his good to build him up. For even the Messiah did not please himself. On the contrary, as it is written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. For whatever was written in the past was written for our instruction, so that we may have hope through endurance and through the encouragement from the Scriptures. Now may the God who gives endurance and encouragement allow you to live in harmony with one another, according to the command of Christ Jesus, so that you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ with a united mind and voice. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word and uh, God the challenge and encouragement that it gives us. We pray that as we look at this chapter in Romans that God, uh, you would open our minds to the truths that you have shared on these pages. We just, God, pray that we might take the truth and apply them to our lives and our living in this world in which we live, in this community. God, that uh, we might be examples and encouragers for people to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ and live for Him. Lord, we... Uh, Thank you for the salvation that you have brought to us. We pray that we might be your witnesses in the world today. Whatever environment we're in, to be examples for Jesus Christ and lead people to him and salvation. Lord, we love you. We thank you for the opportunity we have to assemble here together in your name. We just pray your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, well, Paul starts off by saying, we who are strong, now he's a, that's an assumption. Now, we all know down here in the South what an assumption is, but uh, that's an assumption that, that Paul made. Uh, we're strong and having an obligation to bear the weaknesses of those without strength and not to please ourselves. Now, Folks, what a, what a verse of Scripture for us today. One of the reasons I believe that the Christian church, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, all of us, Baptist, Methodist, Pentecostal, Presbyterian, whatever we are, one of the reasons that we seem to be struggling sometimes to reach a lost community is that we can't get along with each other. I don't know whether y'all have noticed that or not, but there's so many of our churches, and I'm, I'm not going to pick on anybody else but Southern Baptists today, but there's so many of our Southern Baptist churches that are just absolutely yow-yow with one another all the time about one thing or another. Go to a Baptist business meeting. You'll see what I'm talking about now. We have pretty good business meetings ourselves. We don't have a whole lot of controversy, but I've been in some that it was almost you had to disarm people on both sides of the aisle. <laughs> I mean, it was almost that bad. People in our churches have a tendency to 
fuss and squabble and carry on among themselves. And if there are people there that are visiting, they see that and they wonder what in the world is happening to the Christian community. You folks are supposed to love one another. Well, that's exactly what Paul said. Y'all are supposed to bear with each other. Even when somebody else makes you mad, don't have a fit and throw down in the middle of the church. What's the best way to handle conflict? You know? One-on-one. You got a problem with somebody? Ask them if you can talk to them. And don't attack them. Don't attack them. Just tell them how you feel. Not they make you feel a certain way. That you just feel this way. Folks, we need to learn to love one another the way we're supposed to love Jesus. Because the scripture says we should do that. We are to love one another. Now that doesn't mean we won't ever have a disagreement. I mean, I love my wife, but we've had our falling out every once in a while too. I usually don't win, but <laughs> that's the way it is. Y'all, some of you guys are smiling. Y'all understand what I'm talking about. <laughs> that's, uh, I, when we as Christians in the church have a falling out with one another, we need to realize that the world is looking at us. Now, I want to tell you, really, I'm, I'm dead serious about this. This little group right here can have a little controversy this morning amongst this little group right here about what we should do with the offering or, you know, whatever else. Should we turn the lights on or off outside when it gets dark or leave them on? You know, what? just anything. It doesn't matter. We can divide up sides, and I promise you before morning, half of hell will know about it. I, well, that's just the way it is. That's just life the way that it is. The best things we can do is keep the conflict to a minimum and our controversy with each other to a minimum and keep our mouths shut when we walk out that door. Nobody out there in the world needs to know what's going on in here. If they, if they want to know what's going on in here, you know what they need to do? Come warn one of these pews. Then they'll know what's going on. Hopefully they'll hear a word about the Lord Jesus Christ while they're here and not see us squabbling with each other. That's the best way for folks to see that you don't squabble with each other, that you love each other, is by coming and sitting down with you. Paul knew all of this. He said in verse 2 there, each one of us must please his neighbor for his good to what? To build him up. Some of the trouble we have in the Christian community, not just our church, but the, all the Christian churches, is people out there in the community, I don't care who they are, I don't care if they ever darken the doors of the church, they know if a church squabble's going on at such and such a church. They know. The word just gets around. The best thing we can do is not squabble. Each one of us must please his neighbor for his good to build him up. You want to build people up and you want them to have a good attitude about church and Jesus and all of that sort of stuff. We need to learn to get along with one another. Now, we, we may do that. 
folks, I'm going to tell you what, some of the people you run into during the week from other churches are going to share with you all of the problems that they're having and what's going on. Tell them, thank you very much, but you don't care to listen and turn around and walk off. If the church had quit talking about the church's problems in the public, we'd have a whole lot less trouble getting people to come to church. I just, I believe that with all my heart. Even the Messiah, verse 3 says, even the Messiah did not please himself. On the contrary, as it is written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. He was willing to take the insults of people for whatever was written in the past was written for our instruction so that we may have hope through endurance and through encouragement from the scriptures. If we're going to be the people that we ought to be, we're going to take our encouragement from scripture, not from other people. If we depend on the encouragement from other people when we come to church, we're going to be dissatisfied with church because it's very seldom we'll get encouragement from other folks. When's the last time you told your Sunday school teacher how much you appreciate them and the, the good lesson you had? Hmm? <laughs> We've, you know, that's just an example. There are a lot of things that uh, we could do, just people that come to church. Appreciate them taking up the offering. Appreciate the, the job they do keeping the church up and cleaning the church and all of that sort of stuff. Look, people don't mind being bragged on. They just hate being fussed at. And they hate it when a squabble's going on because most of the time, especially in something this side, if you have a squabble, everybody expects you to choose up sides. I don't know whether y'all have noticed that or not, but that's true. We depend on somebody to fall on our side or we don't like it when they fall on the other side. Well, we're, we're a group of human beings that are supposed to exhibit the qualities of the Lord Jesus Christ. The scripture says he took everything they put on him. Now, didn't he do that? They ultimately put him on a cross and nailed him to that cross and crucified him. And he had the power and the authority to stop it all just by one snap of his finger or one word from his mouth or just one thought. It didn't make any difference. He was that powerful. He could have stopped what was going on at any time. And he did not. And this scripture encourages us to have that kind of willpower to be like Paul even though something goes on we don't like there's a way to deal with it and a way not to best thing to do is just keep our mouth shut because nine times out of ten it'll work itself out I mean have you have you had that experience in the past of having trouble in a church uh, among certain groups or people or whatever. And uh, it just worked itself out. Nobody got mad and stomped off and quit coming to church. It just worked itself out. Everybody ended up with a smile on their face and being happy and loving each other. And I mean, that's what we're supposed to do. 
we can have a difference of opinion. You don't think Jesus and his disciples had a difference of opinion with those people in Jerusalem that hung him, hung Jesus on a cross? They had a difference of opinion. Where were the disciples? There were only a couple of them that were around the bottom of that cross. The rest of them were hiding somewhere. They deserted him. Sometimes you have to stand where nobody else is standing. And we need to be that church. We need to stand where Jesus stood. We need to love the way Jesus loved. We need to talk the way Jesus talked. And that includes inviting people to come to church and so on and so forth. We need to be like our Savior. Verse 4 says, For whatever was written in the past was written for our instructions so that we may have hope through endurance, through the encouragement from the Scriptures. That's why it's so important for us to study the Word of God, to read the Bible. It's full of encouragement for us. Now, we don't have a house full of lost people. Uh, it'd be a wonderful thing if we could just preach and teach the salvation uh, of the lost every time we met. And uh, we, we just don't, we don't have that kind of a crowd. And, uh, you know, we get, uh, <laughs> if, if that's all we ever hear, it's not doing us any good. And we need to uh, listen to the scripture for whatever was written in the past was written for our instructions. The whole Bible is good for our instructions, according to it, for doctrine, for reproof, and for correction in righteousness. We should, we should do what the Bible says do. That's why it's so important to be in that Bible and learning the things that it says. Uh, verse 5 says, Now may the God who gives endurance and encouragements allow you to live in harmony with one another, according to the command of Christ. <laughs> we need to get along with one another. Now sometimes that means giving in and giving up when we don't want to. I'm going to get out of that microphone. I'm going to tell you something. I don't like to lose an argument at all. She's grinning at me. She knows what I'm talking about. I don't like to lose an argument with anybody, anywhere, anytime. But folks, it's better to swallow real hard and just give up and give in than it is to cause dissension in the church. Because if, if we have dissension of any kind in the church, I'm, I guarantee you people in all of the community are going to know about it before Friday. That's just that's fact of life. The devil makes sure of that. Human beings don't have to do it. The devil does it through human beings. Anything he can do to give the church a black eye is what he's going to do. If he can get people to quit coming here, he's going to do that. The only way people are going to come here in the long run is by us loving Christ first and loving each other the same way. We've got to love each other. It doesn't make any difference, Jack, what you do. I love you anyway. Chuck. <laughs> Chuck's about asleep back there. Steve. <laughs> 
head and lift up your head. <laughs> Bless his heart. <laughs> if, if we just uh, practice what the scripture teaches us and, and learn to get along with each other, and if it means suffering the loss of our own opinions and ideas, suffer the loss. Time will come around. You'll get your way sooner or later. Scripture says in verse 7, Therefore, accept one another, just as the Messiah also accepted you to the glory of God. For I say that the Messiah became a servant of the circumcised on behalf of God's truth to confirm the promises of the fathers and so that Gentiles may glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, Therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles and will sing psalms to your name. God's desire is that we learn endurance and we learn to encourage others and that we get along with other people. Some of the meanest, most argumentative people I've ever met are church members. Now, not, not all, but it doesn't take but just a few. You okay? Need a drink? <laughs> Need a Kleenex. Bless your heart. How well do we glorify our God and Savior if we take verse 6 seriously so that you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ with a united mind and voice? How well do we do that? Is that the practice of our lives to glorify the Lord in whatever we do, wherever we are, whoever we're with, we need to be about glorifying the Lord. And that just means living for Him and doing the things that we know we ought to do. Verse 8 says, For I say that the Messiah came, became a servant of the circumcised on behalf of God's truth to confirm the promises of, to the fathers, and so to the Gentiles may glorify God for His mercy. As it is written, therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles and I will sing psalms to your name. Let me tell you something, folks. <laughs> I'm going to meddle here a minute now. Okay? That's easy to do in our part of the world, meddle. Do you know that the Jews hated the Gentiles about as bad as white folks hate black folks in the South? Do you know that? If not worse, the Jews thought that the Christians were messing with their religion and that they were doing horrible, evil, cruel things to their religion and their beliefs. And they were going to fight for that. I mean, they really gave the Christians a bad time. Now, that prejudice that the Jews had for the Christian is not the same, but it's still prejudice. We still have a problem with certain people. Now, it can be blacks and whites. It can be uh, those that have a, an education, a higher 
degree than some people have. Some people don't have an education. Uh, you know, uh, it's seldom that you find a church full of uneducated people, which are just, let's say, common people that have nothing but a high school education. Just a common person uh, going to church with uh, several college professors. And somebody's going to feel out of place if they're not careful. But what the scripture tells us is that when Jesus came, he fixed all of that. And everybody was supposed to take his example and get along with everybody else. You know the people that Jesus was the hardest on? The lawgivers in the Jewish community. <laughs> he, he had a problem with them looking down their nose at the, at the regular people. And when the work began to go to the Gentiles, the Jews really had a fit. Because they really thought the Gentiles were something else. So prejudice is not something new. This has been around for thousands and thousands of years. It's just something we have to deal with and overcome. And Jesus said, you need to overcome it. You need to get over it. As Mama used to say, get glad in the same britches you got mad in. Now we have, we have a few white churches in the South that accept black folks into the church. Well, I'm going to tell you, red, yellow, black, and white. Didn't we used to sing that song? Red, yellow, black, and white, they are precious in his sight. Do you think they're not precious to him anymore? They'll always be precious to him. And what God calls precious, we ought not to degrade any kind of way. We ought to accept. Now, I'm not saying we ought to go out necessarily and try to evangelize the black community. But, that, I mean, I understand what part of the world we live in and the, and the things that we have to overcome. But, folks, we ought to be open to anybody and everybody that walks in that door and wants to hear about Jesus. That's partly what's wrong with the Southern Baptist Convention in the world today, we started out on the wrong foot. Just now trying to overcome it some. But we've got to, we've got to accept one another as the people of, of the Lord's. That's, that's his thing. Verse 10 says, again it says, Rejoice you Gentiles with his people. And again, praise the Lord all you Gentiles. All the people should praise him. Again, Isaiah says, The root of Jesse will appear to one who rises to rule the Gentiles. The Gentiles will hope in him. Jesus is everybody's God, everybody's Savior. Jesus is the one. And who are we to tell anybody to go somewhere else? Where else are they going to find Jesus? I'll tell you something, folks. It's not going to be at Walmart. They're not going to find him down there. They're not going to find him at Goodyear. They're not going to find him out there in these bean fields and cotton fields. The only place that 
people really expect to be shared with is either in their environment or in this environment. Now, who's responsible for this environment? We are. We are. Nobody else, just us. We're responsible for this environment. Southern Baptist Convention can go jump in the lake. We're responsible for what goes on in this house, not them. And we need to make sure that Jesus Christ is represented completely, fully, and wholeheartedly to anybody and everybody that wants to hear about him. Now, troublemakers are a different story. I understand that. But look, <laughs> Jesus came to rule the world and everybody Verse 13 says, Now may God, uh, the God of hope, fill you with all joy and peace as you believe in Him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Paul said he's convinced about you, the people, also are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge and able to instruct one another. Nevertheless, I have written to remind you more boldly to some points because of the grace given to me by God to be a minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles. Paul was called to go to the Gentiles, and he was telling his brothers in the Jewish community that there wasn't anything the matter with these Gentiles. They were human beings just like everybody else, and they needed salvation just like everybody else. It was a hard thing for them to cross that line between Jew and Gentile. And we have created some lines for ourselves, and it's hard to cross them but folks, we ought to be open to the crossing. That's just, it's that simple. Verse 18, Paul said, For I would not dare say anything except what Christ has accomplished through me to make the Gentiles obedient by word and deed. He knew firsthand. Now that's something we don't know. How many times have we been in the black community as a church, as a congregation, as a group of people, or just two or three people go to the black community and try to evangelize, just walk down the street, knock on doors? How many times? Well, let's don't stop just with us. Let's do the churches in the association. How many times have they done that? It's very few, if any, I guarantee you. We don't like to cross those lines. It makes us uncomfortable. Paul was able to do what he did because of the magnificent power, verse 19, and the wonders and the signs that the Lord worked for him. As a result, he said, I have fully proclaimed the good news about the Messiah from Jerusalem all the way around to Illyricum. My aim is to evangelize where Christ has not been named so that I will not build on someone else's foundation. But as it is written, those who were not told about him will see, and those who have not heard will understand. That's our job, folks. We don't, we don't go on the First Baptist Church's field and try to witness to those folks. We don't go to any other churches like 
Church of God or Church of Christ, if we run up on them, it's okay to make sure they understand the full meaning of the gospel of salvation. But folks, it's, it's our job to tell anybody and everybody about the Lord Jesus Christ. And we leave it up to them to do with their decision what they will. It's not our choice, it's theirs. And that's, I, I just jotted down the, the title to this message, Jehovah God is the God of all. That old song comes back to mind, red and yellow, black and white. They are precious in his sight. Jesus loves all the little children of the world. I'm 74 years old, and I'm a little child to Jesus. He loves me. Some of y'all older than dirt, Jesus loves you. <laughs> I may be about the oldest one in here today. I don't know. <laughs> Look, no. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Jesus loves us, okay? And uh, we, should, we should be about his business and about listening to him. He's our Heavenly Father, our guide, and our Savior. And we ought to be proud of that. And look, we ought to be so proud that nobody is exempt from hearing it. Okay? That's just who we are as a church, as a people. We belong to Jesus. And he belongs to us. And it's our job to give him away to other folks. Okay? Let's stand. We'll be dismissed. Okay? I thank y'all for being here. Hope you could hear me without my hearing devices. Y'all just don't let me forget to leave them laying on the pew. Oh me. Brother Johnny, would you dismiss us, please, sir?